We got a big day for you today. Pardon the voice. It's a little bit uh, off, raspy. I am corona-free, <clears throat> which is good news. But uh, but more of a head cold, which has moved into my chest a little bit than anything. So I apologize for the voice, but uh, I, I, I feel better than I sound. Let's put it that way. feel better than I sound. Uh, a lot going on. Obviously, yesterday, Aaron Rodgers fired back at Hub Arkish. Strong words, and he didn't mince words, calling him a bum, an absolute bum. Uh, then last night, Hub Arkish um, obviously trying to backpedal a little bit into his commentary, uh, although not apologizing for um, you know for the pre- predetermined thought when it comes to the MV- MVP voting. But uh, he said, uh, you know, that he basically is not going to back off of his stance. It's just that he shouldn't have said it. He says uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, to Aaron Rodgers, you're one of the greatest players of this generation and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Whether or not you are this year's MVP is up to a 50-member panel. Neither me nor my critics. Uh, And he went on from there. When he talked about he shouldn't have said what he said because then he put the others on the panel, the other voters, in a bad light. Most of the other 49 AP voters are acquaintances. Many are friends. And the reason we are asked not to do what I did, as Hub Arkish wrote, is now you put undue pressure on some of the other members to comment, not to comment, agree or disagree, or take grief for doing the right thing and remaining silent. Worse yet, I've apparently unleashed a small army of self-styled social media and talk radio experts who have no clue what they're talking about to challenge the quality of the voting process and would attempt to invalidate any vote or thought process that doesn't agree with their own. He said, quote, a sign of the times, I guess. So it is what it is, I guess. Uh, Look, Aaron Rodgers made it very public. It wasn't like he uh, minced words and softened the blow. He dropped the bomb. He's a bum. Now, normally, you know, I can't remember the last time I heard anybody use the term he's a bum. But that's about as strong as you're going to get short of profanity. That's about as strong as you're going to get short of profanity. Uh, I don't want to get into the what I take issues with and don't take issues with because I don't uh, – I think this is not so much over the vaccination status but more so over the misleading of the media, which I told you there was going to be people that it took offense to it. But I said all along, as long as the NFL knew and as long as his teammates knew, that's fine. The rest of the actions are upon Aaron Rodgers. That's his tête-à-tête with the media, and, and who cares? You know, I mean, that's everybody's going to have their opinion on that. But as long as the team knew, and as long as his teammates knew, then it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Uh, the the Packers have been slapped on the wrist for allowing Rodgers to do some things around the building and in pressers without a mask, and so be it. You know, they 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 took their slap on the wrist. Everybody's back in alignment. And now you move on. Now you worry about football. This was what Rodgers had to say in response to Hub Arkish saying that he couldn't vote for a bad guy and he thought Aaron Rodgers was a jerk. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But, I mean, to and I listened to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, 
in the off season that, you know, I had zero chance of winning the VP. In my opinion, should exclude, you know, future, future votes. Um, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. Cause he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum, and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never never talked to me in his life. But it's unfortunate that those, those sentiments – it's surprising that he would even say that, to be honest. But, yeah, I knew this was possible. We talked about it on McAfee weeks ago. Um, but crazy. This was Hub Arkish originally what set off this whole firestorm on 670 to the score in Chicago. Do you have an MVP vote this year, Hub? I do. Yeah, I'm one of the AP. There's 50 of us who vote, and I am one of us. Did you reveal that you're not voting for Aaron Rodgers? Is that correct? I did. Yeah. I mean, I've been pretty consistent about that all year. Um, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your, your team and your organization, and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. It, it, has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument, but I don't think he is clearly that much more valuable than, than Jonathan Taylor or, or Cooper Cup or, or maybe even Tom Brady. And and so from where I sit, the rest of it is why he's not going to be my choice. Do I think he's going to win it? Probably. You know, the, the, a lot of the voters don't don't approach it the same way that I do. Others do who I've spoken to. Um, but one of the, the, the ways we get to keep being voters is we're not allowed to say who we are voting for until after the award has been announced. I'm probably pushing the envelope by saying who I'm not voting for. But we're, we're not really supposed to reveal our votes. Are off-field things like vaccination status supposed to factor in, or are there no guidelines for that? There's no guidelines. Uh, you know, we are told to pick the guy who we think is the most valuable to his team. And, and the, you know, I, I don't think it says anywhere, you know, strictly on the field, uh, although I do think he hurt his team on the field, uh, you know, by, by the way he acted off the field. They're going to get the number one seed anyway, but what if the difference had come down to – to the Chiefs game, you know, where he lied about being vaccinated and, and, and you know, ended up not playing and they got beat. So uh, I think all these things should be considerations. That, that's the way I look at it. He ruined the entire off season for that football team. They were left in jeopardy. They had no idea what they were doing. Uh, a, a lot of the off the field stuff was wasted because he wasn't there. He tortured his fan base um, uh, and he's and he's getting ready. He's already started doing it again. Yeah, no, I, I just think that, that the way he's carried himself is inappropriate. You know, the, 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 the vaccine thing just was one more log on the fire, so to speak. I, I think he's a bad guy, you know, and I don't think a bad guy can be the most valuable guy at the same time. Now, I again, I go back to I understand what Hub's saying. I don't agree with it. You know, I mean, you can you can understand the argument. But going back to what went on in the preseason, what went on in the offseason, obviously has had no reflection on what has happened results-wise on the field this season. I, You know, I mean, you can say he's a bad guy and he's hurt his organization. Okay, I can understand that. But at this point in time, I'd say other than the fact that had he come out at the original press conference and said, no, I'm immunized, but I did not get vaccinated and I'm not going to. 
Well, that that wouldn't have hurt the team any more or any less than what what happened when it came to the Kansas City game. So, as long as the team knew, as long as the NFL knew, I don't have a problem with it. My problem was Aaron Rodgers basically pointing it at the media it's, it, that it was our fault in some way. Because again, that's that's deflecting blame. You know, just take a little responsibility for what you say sometimes. But beyond that, he Rodgers is right. You can't predetermine. You know, had this team gone down the tubes and Rodgers had a great year, I can see that. I can see him saying, look, it, it hurt the team. Rodgers is having a great season, but it hurt the team. But it hasn't hurt the team. How has it hurt the team? The argument is moot. So I understand what Rodgers, why he comes out swinging, saying, look, if you predetermined without even looking at where we're at and to say it's hurt the team, how would it hurt the team? Now, I will say, for anybody in the world of football, anybody that's a casual observer of football, anybody that's ever listened to a Monday night game or a Sunday night game or a Saturday playoff game, everybody knows who Hub Arkish is. Everybody does. So to say nobody probably heard of him before this, he's just making a name for himself, no. Hub Arkish is a well-listened um, to, thought of, respected in many areas. NFL guy has been for a long, long time. This particular case, he stepped in it, no doubt. But what 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 Hub said, and what Aaron Rodgers alluded to, one hundred percent correct. I get it. You can't predetermine an award that is based upon the body of work during an entire season and where the team performs. I mean, you can, and I said this yesterday. You can deal with woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? You can say Dak Prescott, woulda, coulda, shoulda, all if they would have only had a few more catches instead of all those drops, he'd be in the MVP talk. Oh, had Russell Wilson not, you know, busted up the thumb, oh, he'd have been in the MVP talk. You know, had Jonathan Taylor gotten 25, 30 more carries by by right now, oh, he'd be in the MVP talk even more so. He'd be the front runner. Well, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But you don't base it on that. You base it on what's actually happened. What's actually happened is Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league, top five in most statistical categories, and he's on a team that has the best record overall in the National Football League. Period. End of story. That's it. That's it. So uh, that 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 is where this argument begins to fall short uh, on Hub's behalf. And what and he's right. Had he not said anything and just did not vote for him, nobody says a word. Nobody says a word. But because he said what he said, not only did he expose the predetermination of the voting as, as you know fully human error, but also he then threw the rest of his voters under the bus. Because everybody that legitimately has a vote now has to discuss this in some way, shape, or form. The question's going to come up. Now, whatever they do with it, that's up to them. But now, it's kind of like being a bad guy in a locker room. You know, doing something stupid and then walking away and allowing all your teammates to sit there and answer your questions. Because that's what everybody's going to talk about. So there you go. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. Uh, Jim Ozarski, speaking of uh, of guys we want to talk to, Jim Ozarski covers the Milwaukee Bucks for the Journal Sentinel. Now, interesting, because word breaks that DeMarcus Cousins, who was picked up by the Bucks, is now being let go. 
He's now being let go. The Bucks want to leave an open roster spot in case they make a trade, and they let him go. So we want to get into the where's and why's and such as the Bucks fall last night. They scored 77 in the first half of that game, and after that, third quarter just did them in. They only dropped 11 on the Toronto Raptors at the Fiserv Forum last night. Chris Middleton led all scorers, but it wasn't enough. They got shut down in that third quarter, and that was pretty much it. But we'll, we'll talk with Jim Ozarski about all of this when we come back. Stay tuned. Got a lot more coming up. Bill Michael show continues on. Pardon the voice. I apologize. I, I feel better than I sound. Trust me. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Bucks took it on the chin last night. They get knocked off at the Pfizer Forum. They started out 77. They dropped in the first half, and after that, it was uh, it was a struggle. Only uh, dropping 11 in the uh, third quarter without Giannis last night. Uh, a non-COVID illness. Coach Budenholzer was not on on the floor either because of the COVID uh, protocols. And Demarcus Cousins. They uh, announced that they're uh, going to cut loose as well. So. Interesting stuff all around. Joining us now, uh, getting ready to board a flight to uh, head off and cover the Milwaukee Bucks, Jim Ozarski from the Journal Sentinel now joining us. Jim, how you doing, man? I'm good. Happy New Year, Bill. You too, pal. So, first of all, let's start off with DeMarcus Cousins. Why cut him loose? Yeah, I mean, simply, um, the tax bill was going to come due, and I don't believe, I mean, clearly the team didn't believe that he was going to be worth that tax bill. Yes, uh fans listening it was a minimum deal which uh, by itself is 1.2 million dollars but the bucks are so far into the luxury tax bill that's really a four million dollar bill and and, uh, you know look demarcus cousins helped them get through two months or or a month and and some change but i don't know if what he was going to give you the rest of the way and in the playoffs is going to be worth that clearly the bucks uh front office didn't feel that way either so now what? Uh, I mean, are they looking to bolster the roster come trade deadline, or what are they looking to do? Yeah, I, I do think they are going to have to find another big. I mean, look, there still remains hope that Brooke Lopez can play this year. That uh, you know, Mike Budenholzer said that the day that Brooke Lopez had surgery. Uh, that hasn't changed. What we don't know is will Brooke Lopez be back a week, couple weeks before the playoffs, at the playoffs? So. Until then, you know, Luke Cornett right now, short term, he's got, he's on a 10 day, he's got like a week left in his deal. He's the third big behind Giannis and Bobby Portis. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, they've got a couple million dollars in trade exceptions from Tory Craig, DJ Augustin last year, trade deadlines on the, the February 10th. And look, if they make a deal, Bill, they are going to pay a luxury tax, but now it's, instead of paying another month right of DeMarcus Cousins, you're, you're sort of kicking that a little bit down the line. It's not going to be as expensive. Who that is, I don't know. But you're right. I, I think John Horst will find that, that extra big. When you start to go through the list of guys that are out, I mean, Dante DiVincenzo finally comes back. He starts to play okay, and then he goes down with the ankle injury. It's only a two-week thing, but it seems like just as he starts to get going, down he goes again. He just has not been able to stay healthy, has he? Yeah, it's just some bad luck. And, I mean, the good news is 
that that surgically repaired ankle, you know, was able to handle a, an ankle sprain, right? And and well, I'm sure him and the Bucks didn't want to face that test right away. Um, it is a test for for professional basketball players. So that's the good news. He did get some court work in uh, two nights ago, Bill, which is good. He'll have a better handle on when he returns. You know, at the end of this week, maybe next week. But yeah, I, I think right now, you know, look, he, he was a starter on a championship team. You know, and I think that's easily forgotten. Um, so that's not a small thing if you think about it, Bill, right? Like, he's he's basically going to be coming back right before, you know, the trade deadline. And think about teams who are looking for defensive-minded athletic wings. That's what Dante DiVincenzo is, and that's what the Bucks are going to get once he is healthy. The Bucks right now have, in the Eastern Conference, the largest margin of victory, 4.1 points per margin of victory. And that beats Chicago and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and Chicago has, I, you know, I give them credit. Look, they've stayed steadfast atop the East. Brooklyn now getting Kyrie back on road games because he can't play because of the COVID issues in uh, in, in New Jersey. So, I, I mean, to me, the Bucks. and I was asked this yesterday, what do I think of the Bucks? I think the Bucks are just going to kind of do their work, get get the regular season under their belt, and then they want to flip the switch with about 10 to 12 games down the stretch, get everybody back on the court, and then get ready for the postseason. Is that really kind of the, the way the Bucks are thinking now? Yeah, I think so, especially the way, I mean, how quickly these <laughs> the injury and COVID situation changes things, right? I mean, Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton go in. Um, who, who's to say what you know? <laughs> who will go in or come out in, in the coming weeks? So yeah, I, I think the key number for Bucks fans, Bill, they're sixteen and three when the big three play together. Now, granted, that's only nineteen of their forty games, and I think that speaks to how sort of volatile the season has been. But that's the goal: get to the playoffs with the big three healthy and playing together. And this team can definitely make a run uh, to, to at least try to defend their title in, these, in the finals, Bill. I mean, they're, they're a good team. They're, they're better than a good team. It's just can they get there, right, and be healthy and, and, and all those things? Because when they are, when those three are together, they're really, really good. Talking with Jim Ozarski, the Journal Sentinel, who covers the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, tell me how good Chicago is. Because I Chicago – it's interesting because they have not been together as long as, say, Brooklyn, as long as, say, the Bucks. but they they got off a little bit slow and then they started to ascend, and now they sit atop the East. How good is Chicago? Yeah, I, Bill, I, I thought if they were going to make the playoffs, they'd be at the, you know, in that play-in end of the East. So I, I'll give them credit. I mean, I was wrong on them, too. I, I didn't think all of those pieces coming together in year one would fit the way they have. DeMar DeRozan is playing at an unbelievable level. Uh, he's not going to win the MVP, but he's going to get some votes if he stays on this track. I don't know if anybody saw that coming from a guy who's into his 30s at this point, right? So all the credit in the world to Chicago, Billy Donovan, those coaches, quite frankly, since Donovan's been out, they're, they're for real. You can't play these many games, Bill, and, and they have the injuries and illnesses that they've had. They've been far more ravaged. Than, than the Bucks. I mean, they've had games postponed, and they keep winning. So, they're, no, they're good. Now, I, 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 look, it's still Brooklyn and Milwaukee. They're the class of the East. But Chicago and Miami are going to make it difficult to get there. You know what I mean, Bill? So, so I have yeah. to give them credit. Now, Bucks aren't going to see them until the end of January. Who knows what those teams will look like by then? But right now, I mean, that's, they're for real, and those should be good games if those teams are healthy. 
Uh, you talk about Brooklyn. I mentioned Kyrie comes back, and he's going to do the road games. And I don't know what the feelings are inside that locker room or anything after everything that's been said and done. But certainly when you put that team back together with Kyrie on it, it becomes a very, very formidable team, correct? Oh, without a doubt. And, and look, I, the Bucks are the defending champions. They are the champions until they're not. So, and, and I've always viewed it that way. But even going back to when we talked about you know the Packers trying to knock off the teams, in, in the NFL, and it's just – the, the Nets are interesting. They, they are good enough to beat the Bucks as constructed. I, I mean, I, just to be completely honest, for as good as I just said the big three are, the Nets' big three and their group, I, I'd still give them the edge. The difference is, look, if the Bucks have home court, that's one less game of Kyrie Irving. And if somehow the Nets, you know, were to win home court – that's one less game without Kyrie Irving. That flips the scales back to the Bucks. So it's it's really interesting, Bill, how that's going to play out in the playoffs when it's that one game means everything with Kyrie Irving being there or not. Um, but yeah, they are. I mean, to me, it's it's the Bucks and the, and the Nets as the clear one-two. As I said, with Miami and Chicago, maybe being able to throw a wrench in. Jim, I know you got a plane to catch. Go do your thing, buddy. I appreciate the time, and we'll talk again down the road, okay? All right, sounds good, Bill. Good to talk to you. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel. I know he's, he's down at O'Hare right now uh, getting ready to catch a plane uh, to get on the road as the Bucks are uh, efforting out on a road trip. So uh, glad he had some time for us. Uh, the saga that is Antonio Brown continues to spin. And Antonio Brown has given an explanation as to his side of the story, as to what happened, why it happened. He kind of, well, I shouldn't say kind of, he blames the organization and Bruce Arians specifically. And in addition to that, he releases text messages between himself and the coach, which are, as this goes on, it makes Bruce Arians more so than anything, look really bad. And if this is true, and what Arians had originally stated in all of this as the text messages come out, it makes Arians look kind of like a liar. And it's not good in that sense. I Again, I look at it, the, the situation as a whole, as more evidence begins to come forth. And there's two areas of blame here. Unfortunately, they came on a collision course with one another, and then the whole thing just blew up. But I, I think it's extremely interesting. I want to talk a little bit about that when we come back, get your opinion on that, because there's so much to all this. This is one of these weird days where one controversy we could discuss for most of the day, but you've got two, even three. Today's just a plethora of stuff. Don't forget, coming up in the next hour as well, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we got Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press Gazette's going to join us a little bit later on today as well. So we've got that for you. But a lot going on today as Aaron Rodgers did not mince words and blew up Hub Arkish, who then tried to backtrack a little bit and really did not do a great job at it. Uh, you've got uh, Cousins being let go by the Bucks, as Jim Ozarski just explained. And now Antonio Brown dropping some, uh, dropping some here's the problem. And don't forget, we've also got, uh, coming up towards the end of the program, Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. We'll talk with him about some of the opportunities and some of the numbers going into the postseason 
and who is the most likely to reign supreme. So we've got all of that coming up today. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, Antonio Brown has now come out and given his side of things. Um, and he spoke in Bruce. He spoke after Bruce Arians, which I found rather interesting. Bruce Arians spoke to the media yesterday. Antonio Brown releases a lengthy statement and begins to uh, explain what actually happened via his side of the story. Um, after the game. The Bucks head coach, Bruce Arians, because remember, Antonio Brown had stated that he did not want to play because his ankle was bad. He was coming back from a high ankle sprain. He was coming back after the suspension uh, because of the uh, fake COVID card. Uh, he had said that he was ready to go, uh, texted the coach, and then come, come Sunday said that, no, nah, it's just it, something's not right. He didn't want to go back in. Arians, he claims that Arians came back over to the bench and said, if you're not going back in, then you're done, and took his finger like across his neck as if to say, I'm cutting you. He said, I took a seat on the sideline, and my coach came up to me very upset and shouted, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I told him, it's my ankle, but he already knew that. It was well documented, and we had discussed it. He then ordered me to get on the field. I said, coach, I can't. He didn't call for medical attention. Instead, he shouted, quote, you're done, while he ran his finger across his throat, coach was telling me that if I didn't play hurt, then I was done with the Bucks. He added that what happened then triggered him to leave the field. Now, he's blaming that motion to trigger him to leave the field the way he did. Okay, that's Antonio Brown being Antonio Brown. It's not, it's not my fault. It's everybody else's fault. That's They caused me to do that. Okay, that's garbage. We all know it. But... To his original point, if it, uh, apparently um, on Thursday, Brown uh, t- this morning posted screenshots of social media and text messages that he exchanged with Bruce Arians going back to th- last Thursday, December 30th, and last Friday. Uh, in another post, Brown said that none of his teammates knew about the alleged discussion with Arians. He said, don't get it twisted. My brothers have been good to me. From Tom to the practice squad guys, we're all a top-level unit. Uh, they've been good to me, and they knew nothing about my talks with Coach last week. The team mishandled this situation. They let me down, and more importantly, my teammates. Well, no, you let your teammates down. Okay, so stop putting it on the team because you left the field. However, if you were hurt, um, you an MRI and such could all always be you know, brought up. And if you're hurt, you're hurt. Well, he posted the grievance uh, today about the deal with Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero, and tagged Brady in the post saying, Tom, um, charging $100,000, never took, uh, never doing the work on me. How you even work with people like this? This is what I was dealing with. He posted something similar on Twitter, which he later took down. So, again, shooting from the hip. 
But he also said that uh, um, despite cutting ties with him, the Bucks are attempting to dictate his medical care, even though he's already scheduled surgery. He said, you can see the bone bulging from the outside, but that must be, but that must and can be repaired. The MRI has been read by two top orthopedic surgeons in New York City, including Dr. Martin O'Malley in the Hospital for Special Surgery. Not realizing that I had already scheduled a surgery at HSS, the Bucks ordered me under penalty of discipline with a few hours' notice to show up uh, to a more junior doctor at HSS for another opinion. So he claims he's got the MRI that shows bone fragments and a torn tendon in the ankle. He's claiming that the Bucks are saying, no, you don't. That's not what it showed. And that we didn't, didn't know anything about this ankle injury any further than just you coming back from it. He's showing, I've got text messages with the head coach telling him I've got an issue with the ankle. And Bruce Arians has said, I knew nothing about it. I can see, can you smell what I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up? I can see the NFL PA getting involved in this and an investigation uh, a mile away. It may be a very quick one, but you can smell it coming. So here's two things that I think of this. First of all, if indeed he was hurt, the problem with this, um, Arians could have just gotten pissed off and said, this is, this is AB being AB. This is Antonio Brown being Antonio Brown. You know, here we go again. He's getting flaky on us. He's he's bailing on his team. He wants to be the prima donna. These are all the th- so Arians just was like enough. I'm done with this guy. He's just such a head case. He's lied to us. He's just a problem. Get the hell out of here. And he could have just blown a gasket because of prior bad acts. However, like the boy that cried wolf, in this particular case, he could be telling the truth. And if that's the case, then Arians did blow up, did overreact, and owes Antonio Brown an apology. Now, where Antonio Brown goes astray is by blaming the the team and what triggered him to leave the field the way he did. It's wrong. It's just wrong. And in addition to that, he burned the bridge, not only burned the bridge, blew up the bridge on the way out to the point that most I can't imagine any general manager falling on his head saying, yeah, we want to bring that into our locker room. Unless it's for a stretch run or something and you just need a wide receiver on a rental purpose. I don't know if you want that guy in your locker room. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it's it's interesting. It's gonna There's going to be an investigation into this. I'm, I, you can see it coming. Because if the NFLPA finds out that all of this or a, sig- a segment of this is true on Antonio Brown's part, they're going to crucify Bruce Arians as not really caring about players' health and safety, not really giving a damn about the quality of play, just about uh, you know shooting a guy up, getting a second opinion. This is going to bring into to question, if, if he's telling the truth, the team's ability to dictate medical care. And that's something that the NFLPA has been fighting for for a long time. That, yes, we have trusted doctors with, with teams, yes. But if the player's not comfortable with that, they should be able to go outside of the team and get an opinion for what's best for their overall health, not just what's best for the team. And they've been, the NFL's been pretty good about that. They've been pretty good about that. 
But because Brown is is Antonio Brown, he's he's he lied to him flat out, looked him in the eye, and told him with the vaccination card, handed him a fake vaccine vaccination card saying he was vaccinated. The trust is gone. So how do you know what is the truth and what isn't the truth? And the NFLPA would then say you have to err on the side of caution all the time. So you can see it coming, but that is yet another saga, another chapter, another revelation in the story of Antonio Brown. So we'll uh, now just kind of sit back. As this is not going to go away because Bruce Arians, and if, again, Bruce Arians said to the media now, to the media, it's a little bit different thing. But again, you're talking about public you know, uh, uh, perception. But when asked, did you know of any problem with Antonio Brown's ankle, he flat out said no. Well, according to Antonio Brown and, and the what he posted, he's like, no, here's the text messages. He knew I was having problems. Coach says, come and see me when you get here. Because he said, hey, coach, I'm having trouble with my ankle. Okay, come and see me. So there has to be some kind of an indicator that, oh, by the way, yeah, he did have a little bit of issue with his ankle. So we'll see how this thing all comes out. It's It's been It's been crazy. It's it just, you know, the last 24, 48-hour news cycle, it's been kind of crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's good for our business, but it's been crazy. Yeah, Ben. It's a little side note, but Antonio Brown's screenshots of his text with Guerrero had his routing and bank account number on it. Yeah, I heard that. And maybe that's the reason he doesn't have any money. Because he's, uh, you know, again, going back to some of the off-the-field issues, it's been stemmed from the fact that he doesn't pay his bills. Is part of the reason he's been sued a couple times. Or but stay yeah, woke done, on this. It's a little plug for right? Bank of America. Right? Right? Maybe they end up giving him uh, a little bit of, of cash along the way. Who knows? I'm trying to ask the important questions here. I know. But, yeah, he uh, he ends up putting a tweet out, a screenshot of a tweet with his bank account and rounding number on it. It's, uh, it's crazy. No doubt about it. And there's one more layer to this bizarre onion today. What might happen? So if you've got travel plans, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stay tuned. I'll tell you what's coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice indoors, getting ready to face the Lions in Ford Field. Left tackle David Bakhtiari and rookie center Josh Myers, both able to participate in some of the individual drills. Yesterday, we told you about Chicago sports writer Hub Arkish, revealing why he has no intention of voting for Aaron Rodgers as the league's MVP this year. I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. They're going to get the number one seed anyway but what if the difference had come down to the Chiefs game you know where he lied about being vaccinated and you know ended up not playing and they got beat he ruined the entire offseason for that football team they were left in jeopardy they had no idea what they were doing I think he's a bad guy Rogers responded I think he's a bum I think he's an absolute bum he doesn't know me I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. His problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade, come up with an extra letter and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But 
He's a bum. Last night, Arkish tweeted an apology. In Detroit, Lions head coach Dan Campbell on what he sees on tape of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, everything that everybody else sees. He's a, he's a quick processor. Uh, he's got a quick release. He, he knows the game. I mean, he, he's a high-level thinker. And then, look, that defense is pretty good now. They're playing good football over there, too. So they're getting him the ball back. And then when you encompass that with a run game with Aaron Jones and those guys, I mean, it's... It's a tough team. Best Packers coverage on 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. There you go. That's three years ago today. Three years ago today, the double doink against the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, to add insult to injury, right? Good, good, good grief. Uh, boy, all kinds of stuff popping up today. We got this, like, we, we started out this morning. Some days you start out with the onion, and the onion's just got one big layer. That's all it is. Then you come in today and you're thinking, oh, a couple of good stories, and it it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. So now we find out, after all the consternation, because we all know what we're going through right now. By the way, for those that are listening, uh, I as of today, I mean, I've tested uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and again today. I am and started feeling bad kind of on Monday. Um, I'm negative. So I just got what's considered to be a head cold and a, like a you know, flu like symptoms, but that's it. So, and the fact that I work at home, I can do the show. Cause I think if I was, if I was working in an office, I probably wouldn't be in the office today because everybody, you know, if you're even, you know, it used to be a badge of honor to go to, go to work sick. Oh man, look at him. He's gutting it out. Boy, that guy comes in no matter what sick or not rain sleet snow you name it that boy he's just a worker that that now if you come in sick you're ostracized i mean you're not it's not even funny anymore it's like people want you fired you know uh, if you even so much as have a sneeze or a sniffle everybody ears perk up what what was that what i mean that's the way it is so the fact that i get to do this at home this is great because i sound a lot worse than i really kind of feel uh however uh, with COVID and being what it is, and then obviously the Delta variant and the Omicron variant and the Florona and whatever the hell else they're going to come up with, uh, L.A. has become a hotspot. And between you, me, and the fence post, the governor and L.A. County and the city of L.A. are extremely reluctant right now, extremely reluctant to put any, much like Chicago has done, any restrictions on gatherings where Chicago has LA is not and LA is seeing right now much like the rest of the country is a boom in 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 a rise in cases but LA is trying to stay steadfast not to put any kind of a restriction 
But they're going to have to make a decision to make a decision soon. Because SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles is where the Super Bowl is this year. The NFL exploring now contingencies if COVID-19 restrictions are put on the L.A. area. Now you're going to say, where are they going to go? Who are they going to call? You're right. They're going to call Jerry Jones. But why? The, uh, the state of Texas has been very reluctant, steadfastly reluctant, not to put mask mandates or any other mandates on any gatherings. Therefore, the NFL could then have their show unobstructed. So they are considering moving the Super Bowl to AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Now, they say right now they plan on playing the Super Bowl as scheduled at SoFi Stadium in L.A., Sunday, February 13th. But part of the standard contingency planning process, they say, is that we conduct for all regular and postseason games. We have contacted several clubs, including the Dallas Cowboys, to inquire about stadium availability. Jerry basically said, whatever you need, we'll do it. We'll do it. So they are proactively contacting AT&T Stadium right now, which last hosted the Super Bowl when? 2011. And that's when the Packers won the Super Bowl against the Steelers there. It's a destination if Los Angeles becomes unfeasible. Last year's Rose Bowl, don't forget, was moved from Pasadena to AT&T Stadium out of out of California. So, And if L.A. County does uh, not have COVID-19 restrictions, which would preclude the Super Bowl from being played there at a full stadium, they'll play it there. But with the cases escalating in the region, uh, they are saying, and there's more and more pressure on the government, both uh, locally and in state, to uh, add restrictions. So if they do that, then the NFL says, we're going to move the Super Bowl. So if you've got uh, tickets or what have you, or you're considering going out to L.A., you may want to start looking at the contingency plan at this point because they're talking now about possibly taking it to Dallas. Just an FYI. There you go. Thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free to go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Um, ben, are, are you taking a lot of pleasure today in the double doink uh, anniversary? Oh, yeah. It's it's marked on the calendar. Okay. I figured when you brought it up, I kind of laughed. I, I'm thinking, are you hanging on to that? Oh, Is that? Absolutely. I mean, obviously you have a, super, a recent Super Bowl win, so you, you get to, you get to wrap your arms around that. But the double doink, and then Chicago, and Chicago taking all the heat, obviously, because of Hub Arkish. And I wonder if Hub is still going to be a part of the uh, Packers pregame on the radio. Because Hub Arkish is a part of the pregame. So I wonder what's going to be stated on Sunday when they bring Hub Arkish on. Hub Arkish, longtime friend, uh, the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee, and they still do Pro Football Weekly and such together, as far as I know. I, I mean, I could be wrong. But um, I wonder what Hub is going to say on the pregame show on Sunday, if anything. If he, I mean, you have to address the 800-pound elephant in the room, right? You have to talk about it. You have to mention it. But it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what he says on the Packers pregame. And if the Packers eventually say, hey, no more Hub Arkish on the pregame. They because Hub's been doing it now. People tend to forget. I mean, going back to all the way when I was doing the Packers uh, radio network. This goes back to 2011. Hub's been a part of it that long. 
That's why I, I find the comments of nobody knows who Hub Hargish is. Nah, they really do. They really do. They know who Hub is. But I just uh, I find it interesting that 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 uh, he's still on that Packers pregame. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, Jimmy says Hub Arkish needs to be booted from any voting status immediately. I, for having an opinion, uh, like I said, I understand his opinion. I I don't agree with it. I know what he's trying to say, but it, it it's when you base it on the woulda, coulda, shoulda, as opposed to what actually happened. You can't. You, you you can't you can't let the would have could have should have determine the actual reality of what is. You know you you can't do that, and that's my that's where I that's where the argument begins to fall short with me. I understand what he's saying. Hey, had this year been a train wreck, and Rogers put up terrific numbers, that's one thing. But they're the best team in football. Hasn't affected them. If anything, they're bonded. They're all on a quest, being led by their leader. That is Aaron Rodgers. One hour down, three more yet to go. 